Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. The Gospel comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Friends, the longer I journey on in this Christian life that we share, a life of uh, following the Lord, hearing the scriptures, worshipping with Christians, singing songs, praying, living our vocation, going to work, saving some money, going to school, all the things that we do, the more I journey on in living that life in the community of faith, This day seems to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's more important than any other thing, I think, or it seems that way as life goes on. You could say it's the centre of life, really, Uh, certainly becoming more and more and more that way for me. I don't know how it is for you, but Easter Day, Resurrection Day, well, it's the day of days. There's nothing else that comes close, I don't think. Remember the old song, Because he lives I can face tomorrow. You know, old song. Jesus from Nazareth who claimed to be nothing less than the almighty creator God with us, as us, killed the consequences of our wayward wandering heart, which is death, by willingly entering our death, and triumphing over it, so we live. That's pretty much it to me. If you're going to, a friend asked you what Easter means, I think you'd probably say something like that. Maybe in less words, I don't know. He lived a life we could never live. He died a death we could never die. And because he died that death, we live. That's Easter. It's everything. Resurrection Day says that. He rises from the darkness within me and the darkness at work in the world. 
and the spiritual darkness that's clouding our world, he rises from that with light and life. And now he goes about enacting a lifelong project in which he involves you and me for some strange reason. He engages you and me in the creation of a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth, and we're involved. And as Matthew and the others abundantly show, this stunning event of Resurrection Day is not mere world-bound thing, some nice idea that someone dreamed up, or some general theory of archaeology, or science, or historical research, even though all that's been done and it's a real deal. Nor is it some sort of out-of-reach, world-beyond thing, some super-spiritual, mysterious thing that is away from us that we could never get a hold of. This Jesus was in a tomb, a tomb in the thing that we know. I see it all the time here. Uh, Every time I bury one of our wonderfully departed family members, it looks like death is one again. And yet, by faith, that is not so. Death has lost its sting. The coffin is not the last road. Beautiful. Jesus was in the ground, in the tomb, in the stone. We know all those things. Yes, he had military personnel posted out the front. I guess if you know a soldier, you know that too. Yes, there were some heavenly messengers, dazzling white, but even they were sitting nicely on a rock, you know, just sitting in things that we know. And then there were two Marys there in real grief, real human grief, and then real human joy as they stepped into Jesus' mission to which they were called. This resurrection of Jesus is human. It's historical and it's heavenly right here on planet Earth in a specific time, in a specific place, among a real people, for all people, for all time on planet Earth. So Easter Day is our story. It's everything for us. Paul puts it well, if there's no Easter Day, then this is a sham today. All of this is a sham. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Jesus Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. For if the dead were not raised, then Christ has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. And then those also who have already fallen asleep in Christ are truly lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ... We, of all people, are to be most pitied. If only for this life we have hope in Christ's resurrection, we, of all people, must be pitied. In other words, I think, if we believe that Jesus is only real or good for helping us with our hopes and our dreams and our concerns and our worries and our fears and our losses and our joys and everything else about us, And he's of no real value for our death and our dying, which will surely come. And he's of no real use for the big questions that death and dying raise within us. Why am I here? Where am I going? 
What's it all about? What's important in my life? Really? What's the nub of life? What's the centre? What's the truth of it all? If Jesus is no good for those questions, then he's no good. And your faith is futile and this is a sham. Well, these two things are sort of happening really. In our culture we are indeed pitied by a lot of people, aren't we, these days? Seems to be growing. Poor Christians, so lost they are. As it was often so the case in the New Testament, of course, and even for Jesus himself on the cross, they had a really good laugh at him. The message of this bodily, real human resurrection from the dead was often laughed at, even as the great Paul preached it. When he got to that bit, half of them always left. Same now, N.T. Wright, the great scholar, puts it well. We could cope. The world could cope with a Jesus who ultimately remains a wonderful idea inside his disciples' minds and hearts. That's fine. If that's true for you, good for you, friend. But the world cannot cope with a Jesus who comes out of the tomb and inaugurates God's new creation right here in the middle of the old one. That's a different story. And number two... We Christians so often have our entire focus and our effort on the concerns of here, don't we? And we're sort of out of touch with Matthew and John and Luke and the others that told the story and we're out of touch with the Marys and with the disciples and the first church and the mission to go and speak it and live it. On the one hand, we're so good at turning Jesus into our personal butler who has a nice white towel over his arm And his role in life is to be at our beck and call and fix all our problems the way we want them fixed and when we want them fixed. We should just ring the bell and he does it. And when he doesn't do that and he refuses to be our personal butler or our personal therapist to fix all our problems, we get a bit angry. We get a bit bit narky about him not helping us enough. And on the other hand... We take this really earthy, human, here and now gift of life forever that we've already received, as Libby beautifully said, in a font. We were resurrected. Amazing. We take all of that and we just sort of throw it in the storage cupboard up top, you know, at the back of the cupboard up on the top shelf. And you only ever pull it out, you know, when it's getting really serious, you know, when we really are in trouble or that day of the end is drawing close, as if Jesus is only good to get you to heaven when you die and he's no good for the days between now and then. Now, you know. Can you cope with a Jesus who comes out of a tomb to start work on you, a new creation, who wants to transform you and change you? You're not a spectator. You're a participant. You're not in the bleachers. You're on the field. Can you cope with a Jesus like that? And so can you see how critical, how the critical centre is Resurrection Day? Jesus of Nazareth risen from the dead. Tim Keller, marvellous man. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you'd really have to accept everything he said. But if he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. 
Faith doesn't rest on what you or I like about Jesus, as if he's merely a guru, one of many, who has his special program for self-help and for you know, whatever we need, that I can sort of pick and choose parts of as I see fit. He doesn't allow it, friends. No other guru rose from the dead. Faith rests on whether Jesus said and did what he said. He, he does what he promised he would do. Rise from death and therefore bring a whole new possibility to you. A whole new way to do your job. A whole new way to practice reconciliation in your marriage. A whole new way to parent your children. A whole new way to go about your work and your study and your career. And what the heck you're living for. And what's all the stuff for. That's what he came to change and transform and move into. Can you handle him? If Jesus is just a wise man of courage in the face of evil, or a great teacher of morals, or a fighter for justice, then he's not your saviour. But if he rose from death, your death, for you, for love of you, and happily shares everything he has with you, then he is your saviour. Because he is love. So which one is he for you this Easter? Saviour or guru? Which one? A fine person or even a spiritual prophet maybe? Or a person around whom you would, with the two Marys, kneel in the dust and clasp his wounded feet in great thanks and high praise with immense joy? Because that's what saviours do. That's the kind of response they draw. So to me, that's what Easter Day is for. I think that's why you came today. To get back in touch with this Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, risen from the dead. And to again plumb the depths of the greatest sign of life and love the world's ever seen. His rising from everything evil, everything hopeless, everything destructive, everything damaging, everything dark everything lifeless to give a new life and a new hope for you where you are today to get you back to joy back to joy this day urges you to pull out Jesus gifts from the back of the top shelf dust them off and see who he is again who he really is for you now at the moment not just for later when you die today What's going on for you? What's he done for you? Who is he to you? Who has he made you to be for others? And when you let Matthew in again, when you let Matthew tell you again how it all went down and what it means for him and his disciples and a small, fledging, little, tiny, countercultural, pressured, persecuted church, I think you'll discover that you actually are like the two Marys. You will hear that you are involved in a global, timeless project called New Creation and your role is to do this. Go quickly and tell them he is risen from the dead and he goes ahead. That's us. That's you. And there are plenty of people to tell, mate. Tell them. Share your joy, speak his name, tell this story and tell your story. 
Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from planet Earth to heaven, but to colonise planet Earth with the life of heaven. You get it? Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to some unknown heaven, but to colonise this earth with the life of heaven. You are a colonist. You are a good news colonist in your family, at your workplace, in your house, in your home, in your community, in that club, in that classroom. But enough of that today. For today we're here at the empty tomb, beautifully represented, with the angels and the Marys and the other people gladly being surprised by joy. The reality of good news for life and death and life again. So let the Spirit surprise you today. Would you allow it? Could he do it? Could he lift you again? Could he fill you again with that joy you maybe once knew? Or maybe you know it a lot and it's never enough because you love it. Or maybe you've never known it. The joy of the resurrection. Your resurrection. Hope is here today, friend. He's a person and he's with us now. Easter was when hope in a person surprised the world by coming forward from the future into the present, says N.T. Wright. Friends, our hope is now, our future is now, in the present, and even in the future more fully. What can we lose? What wouldn't you give up? What wouldn't you centre your life on? Courage now too. Faith is courageous by its very nature. Franciscan priest and writer, the late, great Brennan Manning, put it well. For me, the most radical demand of the Christian faith lies in summoning up the courage to say yes to the present risenness of Jesus Christ. The present risenness of Jesus Christ. Can you say yes to that today? To say yes to the present risenness of Jesus Christ in your life. And if you say yes to that, then you are changed and you are transformed and you have all of his gifts. And you have no need to be like those soldiers overcome with fear and for all intents and purposes, Matthew says, like dead men. You have every confidence the other way to be like the Marys, unafraid, full of words, Trusting, clasping his wounded feet with joy. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. St. Petri.org.au